Well, good morning and welcome to the Hills Church at Home. If you're actually catching up on this later, we're glad you tuned in. In fact, let me encourage you to do this. If you haven't done this already, make sure everybody, you wake them all up. Uh, You can text some friends. You can start a watch party, however you do it, because we're ready to get into God's uh, word this morning to listen to a word specifically for us. You can go to our website and you can download both the message notes for today. You can also download the kids activity sheet. If you have kids that are with you while we're watching this, uh, they can um, follow right along as well too on a couple things to color and you can maybe give them a quiz or two about what we're talking about as well. Uh, So open your Bibles. In fact, I wanna pick up a little bit from last week. I want to look at uh, Joshua chapter 1, but I'm going to encourage you to do this today, to sit down at some point and read Joshua chapter 1 all the way through Joshua chapter 6, because I'm not going to read all of that today. I'm just going to pull out a few verses, but sit down and read all of it so that you get a, a bigger picture in one setting of these events that will highlight so you can see how God moved on the heart of Joshua, but also in the midst of his people. You know, and I wrote this in our notes. When we take a step of faith, God begins to work his promise. Let me say that again. When we take a step of faith, God begins to work his promise. So you'll see that, but you need to get that big picture, Joshua chapter one through Joshua chapter six. So let me pick this up again in Joshua chapter one, and I wanna read verses one through, actually we're gonna go through um, chapter one, and I wanna read verses six through nine, verses six through nine, and it says this, be strong and of good courage, For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Let me read that again. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. That's that word, observe. When you read today, Joshua 1 through 6, observe what God is doing, how he's leading. And notice what it says, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. The four thens are after you're meditating that book of the law. Verse nine, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid or dismayed 
For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, the one verse that uh, we didn't mention or read is, in fact, the beginning of Joshua chapter 1. Because in the beginning, it says, after the death of Moses, my servant. God says that. After the death of Moses, my servant. Well, God has a meeting with Joshua. Joshua is the next one up that God has chosen. Now, remember for Joshua, it was Joshua and Caleb that were the ones, if you read back in Numbers 14, that when they went and spied out the land, they were ready to take the land. God had promised it. They were ready to do it. But the other 10 voices that spoke up against what God had said and really in fear the whole group of people turned against Moses. And really, it was turning against God and the promise of them leaving Egypt and entering the promised land. And for 40 long years, they would go in a large circle all the way around the desert till that whole generation died off. And this is now where we pick up uh, right after the death of Moses and Joshua is now the man. Think about that. Following after Moses. You know, there had to have been a temptation in Joshua's mind whether the people would follow him like they did Moses. Remember, they complained against Moses and complained. We read that word, they were stiff-necked. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They remembered what they ate back in Egypt. They wanted to go back to that bondage. Would they follow Joshua? We knew that Joshua had the leadership skills. We know that he has the military expertise to lead him, but that's not what God is looking at here in Joshua chapter one. In fact, here's what we want to, here's what we look at. God keeps his word and he's going to remind that to Joshua and he's going to stir up Joshua to be strong and courageous. In fact, we read it three times. Be strong and very courageous. He's going to stir him up for his word to meditate his word because Joshua had the skills. He had the military expertise. He could have probably taken Jericho, but God wanted to do something differently how he would lead them. You know, strength and courage come from trusting in God, not in ourselves or in our own abilities. True strength and courage come from God. And faith, stepping out in that faith, will initiate the work of God in us and through us. And that's why I said, we have to take the step of faith and God begins to work the promise. So this is the foundation. Before they ever move forward, Joshua has to settle himself in. He has to get in that book of the law. He has to meditate it, speak it out, read it, read it, read it. He only has five books. It has to be so ingrained in him because the direction that the Lord is going to lead him is going to seem so ridiculous, so crazy, but he's going to have to follow exactly what God says. You know, I wanted to pick this up. You know, I was thinking of all of our lives have changed about seven months ago. 
the way that people do business, the way that our, our children or students do school, it seems as if everything has been shadowed, shaken up, turned over. But when we go back to God's word, this is where we have to settle in to find our strength in our courage in what he says, listening to his voice to us. That's the most important voice that we'll hear is his voice. But to start everything off and to even to pick a leader that's going to follow him, he tells Joshua, meditate in my word. That's the beginning because when God has a meeting with Joshua, it's about Joshua and him following after God's word. You know, when we read on a little bit, uh, we won't read in chapter two, but Joshua sends over two spies and uh, they meet a lady named Rahab. Rahab is, the Bible records her as a harlot, a prostitute. And one of the things that Rahab says in the beginning of verse 10, that needs to be something that we remember how God works. She says this to them, we have heard how the Lord worked through them. They had already heard about the, the children of Israel and what the Lord did. Think about this. The children of Israel and Joshua, they haven't even crossed over into the promised land. And the very first battle that they're going to come across, they've already heard about them. Why is that important? Because God is always going before us. God is always making the crooked places straight. God is always ahead, but are we being strong and courageous to trust him? He's already at work. He had already told uh, these people, they were already aware of these the children of Israel, of their God, what their God did in the land of Egypt to the Egyptians. They already heard. We have to trust and believe that God is already moving ahead of us, already working, already setting the stage. But are you going to step out when he says to do it? In fact, when Joshua is going to take the people across the Jordan, he has to think of this. I've got to move about two million people across this river. In fact, we read this, that they all have to cross over. It's not just the, the men of, of battle. They all have to go, men, women, children, all of their animals, whatever they have, they all have to cross over, except there's a challenge. The time and season that they're all crossing over is when the Jordan is not some little creek, it's now a mighty river. In fact, if you read in your Bibles, it'll say it's about harvest time, which means it's at a flood stage. If you've ever seen the difference between a small little creek and a mighty rushing river, that river, when you get in, will take you completely down out of the way. In the natural, there's no way for anybody to cross. In fact, the best you could hope is if you got in and you could swim really good, that somewhere down at the end you could get over on the other side, but you'd be a long ways away. Think about this. It's so difficult to think if anybody could cross, let alone what we read, probably two million people to cross it. But I believe the purpose of the miracle of crossing, in fact, you can read about it, because they take the Ark of the Covenant, which is that example 
of the presence of the Lord and those uh, Levites and priests stepping into the Jordan with the Ark of the Covenant that stops the Jordan up in a heap, just like we read about the Red Sea, until they can walk. But the purpose of this miracle really, I think, is twofold. One, it would cause the people to follow Joshua as their leader. Not just as a leader they chose, but as a leader that God chose. And second, it was to build up their faith that they could drive out anybody in this promised land because they already saw God's favor and God's power work in this river. They had, many of them, uh, probably weren't even born yet, and they had heard the story of the Red Sea. Joshua and Caleb saw it with their own eyes. But now all of a sudden, it's that reminder that God is going before them, and after they cross, that God is going behind them, protecting them wherever they go. They all have to cross over, and they all will cross over because God said so, Joshua followed God's commands, and the people also followed God's commands, and that day stepped onto the promised land. You know, I read a couple things. Again, you're going to sit down today, and you're going to read Joshua chapter 1 through 6. In chapter 4, after they cross, there are memorial stones that are placed there. And I love when it says this, let this be a testimony to your children. I think we need to encourage all of us today. Let these things that God does be a testimony to our children. For those of you that have grandchildren, we need to tell them about it, speak about it, remind them about it, tell them the stories of what God did. Because in chapter four, it becomes a memorial stone of what God did to get them into the promised land. In fact, in chapter 5, we read, and you could almost miss it, that the manna ceased. Manna was how God provided and gave them food, right? Manna in the morning, manna in the evening. They would eat that manna. Many of them complained about the manna. But now in the promised land, they're eating of the fruit of the land, and the manna ceased. Remember, last week we talked about this. It wasn't living by miracles now. No, this promised land was a land that was miraculous in its own, but they had to step out and they had to walk in it. Well, in chapter six, now they've gotten across the river and now they have their first challenge, Jericho, a city that the Bible says was walled up. You couldn't get in, you couldn't get out. In fact, you'll read in chapter six, It was shut up because they knew the children of Israel were coming. They were already in a defensive posture. In fact, I love what Joshua chapter six, verse two says. says, and the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Joshua into your hand. It's king and all of the mighty men of valor. You know, the natural was these walls, were so high that um, stomping feet and blowing trumpets would never knock down these walls. But that's where Joshua, remember, he couldn't think like he was somehow trained militarily. 
He relied on God speaking to him and meditating his word. And so when God said, take the mighty men of valor, take the priests, and you're going to walk around Jericho one time a day for six days. And on the seventh day, you're going to walk around it seven times. You're not going to say a word. In fact, when I yell shout, we're going to blow trumpets and there's going to be a shout and the walls will come down. Is that the craziest thing you've ever heard in your life? Joshua probably had the guys to scale the wall, open the doors, enter the city. But God wanted him to follow what he said. Walk around it once for six days. We're going to do it on the seventh day. But here's what I, I thought was very interesting because here is what was commanded of the people. They were to wait and be quiet. The preparation of the people to see this powerful move of God to bring the walls down was to keep quiet. You know, when we read in the Bible, we read words like wait. We read words like stand still. We read words like be silent. Wait on the Lord and he brings strength. Stand still and watch what God does. Be silent. When it's so easy to want to say something, be silent and watch what God does. Here's the instruction to the people. Here's what you're going to do for seven days. Just be quiet. And when I tell you to shout, shout. Well, that's exactly what happens. The, uh, on that seventh day and those trumpets blow and the people shout. In fact, as you read again today in uh, Joshua chapter six, the walls fall flat and the people take the city of Jericho. Isn't it interesting when we read all this that it all started with God having a meeting with Joshua to prepare his heart, not with battle plans, not with strategy, not with river crossing techniques, but it all started with him going back to the basics, going back to his words, allowing those words, and at that time he only had five books of the Bible, going back and allowing that to be ingrained in his heart, in spirit, in his mind, that when God would give him instructions, he wouldn't think that that is impossible. He would think and do exactly what God said. I pray today that as we've lived out these seven months and they've been so different, that we don't rely on our creative ability or thinking because God made us creative people, that we retreat back into his word and his promises and what he says to allow our hearts and minds to begin to see, think, and do exactly what he says. And if it means for you to be quiet, by all means, be quiet. But follow exactly what he says. Notice, he went before the people to put the Jordan up in a heap. He went, he gave them those crazy instructions on exactly what to do. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30, out of the passage translation says this, faith pulled down Jericho's walls 
after the people marched around them for seven days. Let me read that again so that that sinks in. Faith pulled down Jericho's walls after the people marched around them for seven days. Uh, Faith of doing what God said to do caused God's power to work and walls came down. There's this amazing ability. In fact, I, I I think of it this way with God. You know what? Oh, a few years ago, I remember sending somebody a gift card and it was for like maybe $10. And like many gift cards, you know, you can email it to them and it'll send you reminders that they opened it and they can write, you know, thank you for that. Or it sends you reminders that they haven't opened it. And I can remember after almost two months of emails that said they haven't opened it, it ticked me off. Now, it, it was very minimal. It wasn't a big deal. But, you know, you, you'd think I'd taken the time to think about you and I send you just a little gift. And for two months, you don't even open it. And I remember then I went back and I checked. Did I have the right email? No, I had the right email. Um, did, I, did it charge my? Oh, yeah. No, I paid for it. Did, did it get? It says it got sent. Keep sending me these reminders. And I remember when I saw the person, I almost wanted to say after a couple months, did you get my gift card? Like it was becoming something that was probably a bigger deal to me than to them. But then I remember getting the email that they finally opened it. And I remember doing this. It's about time, right? I wonder how God thinks about us and his promises. He lays out these promises, but we have to step out. When we take that step of faith, God begins to work his promise. He's been speaking promises over your life. He's been directing your steps. If you've been listening, then you've been following him. Maybe you haven't been listening and it's time to clear those ears out and to take time and get back in his words, his promises, because he will remind you and speak those things out. And we read that verse, faith is what pulled down Jericho's wall. If there's no marching, if there's no trumpets, if there's no shout, the walls don't come down. But God said they'd come down. Oh, but you gotta march and you gotta shout and you gotta blow the trumpets and you gotta do it the way that he does. Faith pulled down Jericho's walls after the people marched around them for seven days. If they don't follow what God says, there's no crossover into the promised land. If they don't follow what God says, there's no Jericho walls that come down. But here's what we see. The Lord was with Joshua and Joshua listened to the Lord and Joshua did what the Lord said. And the people followed Joshua because they knew he followed the Lord. My prayer today for us, regardless of the busyness and all of the changes and the what ifs and the future is getting back to those basics. You know what? You need to have a meeting with God. You need to have a sit down and allow him to speak his words 
into your heart and listen to what he says to do. Let me read that one more time. Faith pulled down Jericho's walls after the people marched around them for seven days. Well, let's take just a minute. In fact, I wanna pray for you. I also wanna pray that there are some people uh, both at our church and connected to our church and friends that are going through some very difficult, challenging times. And I wanted us, before we moved on, to stop and to be sensitive, lift them up before the Lord and know that God is at work when we pray. So Father, you know every name. I don't need to repeat them. And you know exactly the circumstance and the challenge they're facing. Many are life and death. And so Lord, as we pray today, we all agree. You said that where two or three are gathered, that you are there. You said that one could put 10,000 to flight, but two. One can put 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. So we understand the power of our prayer in unity together. And so, Lord, I thank you for every challenging situation that you have made a way of escape. We thank you for the power of your spoken word that by your stripes, they are healed. You sent your word and healed their diseases. Lord, we can't physically put our hands on them, but you said lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So Lord, as we pray today, if anyone is around them and they lay hands on them, I thank you that they lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And just like as the people were faithful to march, as we are faithful to pray and to speak your word over these situations, we are thankful that people are healed in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as, uh, as we do each week, if you have turned in or you're listening by podcast, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. It is the most important prayer. In fact, as we read, even as we've looked today, really at the Old Testament, that Jesus fulfilled these things. In fact, he came and modeled this, came down to earth and came in uh, our form, just like us and walked among us, yet he was sinless. He sacrificed his life for us, but he rose from the dead. The Bible said he's seated at the right hand of the Father God. He's forever making intercession, which means he's been he's praying for us. As we pray, he's praying for us and he is with us. And so if you've never prayed to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, would you pray along this prayer with me? In fact, if you're running from God, this is also your opportunity to come back to him today. Pray this with me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today I begin my relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. The most important prayer you'll ever say because it's the prayer that has 
eternal value on it. In fact, if you prayed that prayer today, I would so encourage you to reach out to us. You can do so through our website or you can email us info at hillschurcharcadia.org. We want to help you in these first few steps as you're walking with the Lord because he is walking with you. As we receive our tithes and offerings today, I want to read one verse, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God. In our tithing, in our giving of offerings, in our giving to missions, we do so because it shows God we're seeking first his kingdom. You'll actually read in uh, Joshua chapter 6 that all of the spoils of Jericho were not for the people. The first battle belonged to the Lord. In fact, they took all of the gold and silver and whatever they had gathered into the treasury and it would be used to to build the, the temple of the Lord. First things first. Isn't that interesting? The first battle that God gave them, all of those things were to be to the Lord. And we read this, that Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. You know, it's important in a time of giving that we don't give on our thinking, but we give as the Lord directs us. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do to pray, God, what do you want me to do? Because sometimes he adds things to it. But in seeking the Lord, you'll never fail. He'll always add things back to you. So pray this prayer with me. Ready? As I give in today's offering, I give with a heart of faith. I give believing that God will use my gifts for his purposes and that God will enlarge my faith to become a pipeline for his provisions. Use me, Lord, and let your abundance flow through me. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. You know, you can give today. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can click on the give button. It's fast, it's safe, it's secure. You can also give by mail. You can uh, write to us at the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. And I thank you uh, for your giving and your support. And here's what we know. But as you seek the kingdom of God, God will give you the desires of your heart. Hey, this is a big week if you live in our, our area. In fact, uh, wherever you're tuned in from, Wednesday night, we'll have our Wednesday night gathering and communion by Zoom at 7 p.m. We'll send out an email and a link the beginning of the week. If you're not on our email list, email us or go on our website and click the contact button. We'll get you signed up. So that's this Wednesday night, September 30th. 7 p.m., our Wednesday night gathering uh, and communion by Zoom. But if you're here locally, Friday night, October 2nd, 7 to 9 p.m. is our all-church open house. It's the last week of some of our um, facility infrastructure things that we did and some upgrades. 
You'll get to see our kids' playground. We'll let the kids play in the playground. We have an ice cream truck, but we will send out information about the guidelines for health and safety at the beginning of the week. But that's Friday night, 7 o'clock p.m. at the Hills Church. And then on Sunday, October 4th, we'll be back uh, in our facility, live streaming from there, and we'll give more instruction about those that want to attend uh, service. We'll give that out in the next couple days. So we'll do both online service and in-person outdoor service uh, that day as well. Anyways, as we do each week, let's all pray uh, the Hills Church. The reason for the name of the Hills Church is Psalm 121, 1 and 2, and it says, I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord bless you today as you read Joshua chapter 1 through 6. Have a great week. We are praying for you in Jesus' name. Amen.